new on Curiosity Stream. I'm James Burke. I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns, reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Awesome.com MMA strategy shows. We're here to get you ready for UFC Vegas number 52. Goes shows down on Saturday inside the UFC Apex there in Las Vegas, headlined by a strawweight matchup between Amanda Lemos and Jessica Andrade. We are sponsored by Prize Picks, of course, later on in the show. We'll talk a little bit about Prize Picks. If you're on Prize Picks last night, they had some PFL props up there. If you took advantage of that one, of course, as always, I am joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr. Pete, always great to be talking a little mix some martial arts action with you uh before we get into the fights i do want to mention a, a tweet that we got in a little earlier today and this is just kind of a a very generic when it comes to mma dfs was uh, uh all nighter saying how often is stacking the same fight optimal for cash versus gpp i mean generally I, what i would say about that is um, it's going more likely it's going to happen in cash as opposed to being optimal. But to me, if, if I'm looking at stacking a fight, to me, I'm looking at, at a five-round fight that I think can go 25 minutes. Yeah, it comes down to salary, too. So, like, if, say, we had a five-round bout and you had uh, super cheap options, uh, then it makes sense. But for me, like, stacking, I mean, it's it's kind of like you're punting in a way and you're punting just to get X amount of points. You want to get 50, 60 out of the loser. Um, but more often than not, Unless there's a five round main event, it's just not worth it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're just talking about. I mean, literally, you need the type of volume like you saw out of Clay Coward and Jeremy Stevens last night in the PFL main event for that really to come through. Where guys are just, you know, they're throwing them bungalows, Pete. That's about the best way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and of course, uh, but of course, you got any questions on the fights? Be sure to line those up ch- up in chat. Of course, be sure to smash that thumbs up button. Always appreciate that. Of course, you're not subscribed to Osmo right here on YouTube. Do that. We got a ton of great shows for you each and every day. Of course, come up here later on today. We've got you covered for all of the NBA content out there. Of course, uh, before us was the MLB show. So you got to check out all the coverage we have over there at awesome.com. Let's get right into the fights, Pete. Main event. A strawweight matchup, Jessica Andrade taking on Amanda Lemos. Amanda Lemos, 7,300. 8,900 for Jessica Andrade. Kind of my, my simple thoughts on this fight is, if you tell me this fight ends within eight minutes, I think you're, you're telling me Amanda Lemos went out there and stopped Jessica Andrade. If you tell me this fight goes 15 20, 25 minutes. I think it's, it's advantage Jessica Andrade and potentially Andrade ultimately using her grappling to work her way to some, some type of victory. Yeah, I, I think your assessment's fair. And uh, I would agree with saying that, um, you know, Jessica Andrade is definitely the A-side for me. She's had so much experience within the within the octagon and just fighting the who's who of women's MMA. And, um, you know, Amanda Lamos is young in her career, but she's not the, the youngest 
fighter within the division at all. So, uh, you know, you have a, a fighter who's somewhat like a late bloomer and Lamo, her power is just, you know, extremely significant for the division. Like she hits really, really hard. Um, she has been knocking out some low level competition though, Lavinia Souza, Montserrat Ruiz, and the Angela Hill performance is really where I can give her a fair assessment. And I, I think for round one, she's extremely live to knock out Jessica Andrade because Andrade marches forward and, um, keeps her chin up in the air a little bit and her striking defense is not necessarily the best. Uh, she bruises forward and she's willing to crash distance. And anytime you have somebody willing to crash, uh, crash distance, they can run into a shot. And that's where I can definitely see Amanda Lemos knocking out Jessica Andrade. But I really give her like a round because, you know, if I go back and I look at that Angela Hill performance, I didn't necessarily think that she did enough to win that round one was, was a strong one for Amanda Lemos, but even Angela Hill was having moments of, of clipping her on, on the chin um, and then in round two, uh, you know, you, you saw that the, the zip in her punches wasn't the same. And I feel like that's where Jessica and Josh could definitely start picking up steam. So I feel like the line is fair. I feel like the, the salary is fair. I'm going to be leaning, you know, a little bit heavier towards Jessica and but I'm not crossing off Amanda Lamosh because of that round one upside. I, I really think that she has exceptional power and we have seen, uh, Jessica and Josh hurt in multiple fights. So, um, the way that Lamosh throws her boxing combinations, she's live to pull off this upset. So 7,300, one of the pound for pound best values on the slate, but I am favoring Jessica Andrade. One thing that we will have to pay attention to is tomorrow at the way is Jessica Andrade returning to 115 pounds. What does she look like on the scale? Yeah. Something we have to think about there in terms of that one. Now the co-main event is a lightweight matchup between Clay Guida and Claudio Puelas. Clay Guida, 8,200, Claudio 8,000. Clay is one of these guys, and of course, yesterday he revealed the fact that this is the last fight on his UFC contract. So, I, I look, I think the writing's probably on the wall of what the UFC is thinking at this point. I, I feel like if they wanted to continue to be in the Clay Guida business, Clay Guida have a new contract. They've got a young, up-and-coming guy here uh, in Claudio Poleos. I, I think this is kind of what they feel like, maybe a little bit of a showcase fight here. But it just seems like every time I doubt Clay Guida, this guy just goes out there and, and racks up a decision victory. Yeah, and, you know, I'm just going to disagree slightly. And the only reason is because I don't think that Claudio Poleos is like this next big thing. I know that he's a younger fighter and that he is on a, on a win streak for sure. And a four-fight win streak, okay, and within the lightweight division, that's definitely impressive. But if you look at who he's beaten, uh, Felipe Silva, Marcos Mariano, Jordan Levitt, Kurtz Gertzmacher, um, a lot of these like kind of bailing himself out of poor positions with uh, Hail Mary submissions. And if you did see a path to victory over Clay Guida, it would be finding a submission because, you know, even going back to training and he has evolved over the years, Clay Guida is susceptible to getting put in, in, in submissions. He, he definitely is. I feel like on the feet, though, Clay Guida's movement and his defensive wrestling could be enough in his experience to avoid the the worst positions of uh, Claudio Poyas. And uh, I'm going to be picking Clay Guida in 2022, and it makes no sense to me. But uh, the, my reasoning is that I think that he hits harder. I feel like Claudio um, isn't necessarily the stronger wrestler in this situation. He's the, the better uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, so he'll have the better submissions. So that is my fear, where Clay Guida's winning the fight and then gets caught with something stupid. So uh, I will be picking Clay Guida. But this, unlike other weeks where like the 8,200, 8,000 fight makes it into the optimal lineup, let's say 75% of the time, I can see a week like this where it kind of stays on the outside of the optimal lineup. Uh, 
you know, a defensive wrestling approach and game plan from Clay Guida and picking him apart on the feet is what I'm predicting. So I'm going to be favoring Clay Guida. Clay Guida has a chance to win back-to-back fights for the first time since 2017. Yeah. It's a long time ago, Pete. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I mean, look, it, it, from, from a DFS perspective, I don't love this fight for GPPs. I, yeah. I think if you're going to play this, I think it's more of a cash game play just because, you know, look, the way I, I see a Clay Guida victory coming is that Claudio gets off to a hot start in the first round, and then Clay Guida takes a second and third round. That's where I think this is potentially on the, on the betting side of this equation. I think this could be a live betting situation for Clay Guida, but I just I don't love this fight for GPPs. Yeah, I mean, I'm still taking shots on it. So, like, even though I'm saying I, I'm not in love with this fight, unlike other weeks, I'm still going to have to include it. It's just naturally going to find its way into a lot of your lineups because the salary is just there. Um, and, and some of these, you know, cheap underdogs are extremely ugly. It's not like we're having, like, a Bilal Muhammad on the card or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm picking Clay Guida to win the fight. But I, I would love for, for him to pick up another victory in 2022. Next up, we have got a female matchup in the flyweight division. Macy Barber taking on Montana De La Rosa. Macy Barber, 9,000. Montana De La Rosa is 7,200. Of course, uh, Macy Barber coming, up, coming across that win against Maverick. Uh, and, of course, on the other side, Montana De La Rosa coming off that win against Lipsky. Uh, you know, to me, this is – I do like Macy Barber to win this fight. The one concern I do have is if Montana De La Rosa is able to secure a takedown and just keep in top position – that definitely is a little bit of a concern of mine. Also, something in notes, trains a team alpha male, Clay Guida training a team alpha male. So um, if you look at on their Instagrams, they've kind of been side-by-side in, in preparations for this one. Um, the price tag is not ideal. Yeah. I mean, it's not 9,000, I, I wouldn't say is ideal. Um, and, uh, you know, Macy Barber for me, I'm going to lean in her direction, but anytime we have women's MMA, we see it spoil you know, lineups a lot, you know, you're expecting a fight to go one way and it seems to be a little bit closer. I could feel, I I can see this being like a nail biter where Macy Barber gets taken down at times. um, And then it goes the distance and it comes down to effective grappling in control versus damage. And if I, if I'm picking damage, I would say that Macy Barber is probably going to have the more damaging strikes and possibly be able to um, defend some takedowns and just, look like she won the fight and not necessarily one round. So I do have a fear with this matchup where people touting Macy Barber at 9,000, looking at the box scores and saying, wow, she has scored, you know, significantly well, 110 against Hannah Cyphers in her debut, 92 against JJ Aldrich, 105 against Jillian Robertson, hoping that she can replicate that. I mean, all in all, I am picking her to win the fight, but I feel like the odds should be a little bit closer, um, especially within this division. And I just don't necessarily love her price tag. I like other 9,000 options this week. And it's, man, we got Romanov on the card. We got, you know, some crazy big favorites. So I'd much rather go in that direction. And I'll be getting to Montana De La Rosa, uh, a part of my GPP long shot pool for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things as I look at, at Macy Barber in this price tag, it could be a little bit of a leverage spot because there are some high price 9,000 options on this card mm-hmm. that people are going to want to get to. Obviously, you mentioned about Romanoff. I, I think Dean Barry is going to be another one going up against Mike Jackson, which we'll talk about that later. Don't understand why Mike Jackson is getting a UFC fight at this point, but yeah, I'm just baffled by this. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, uh, but, but I think there's some other ones, uh, you know, but look, I, I, in terms of an underdog pool, I don't mind getting to Montana Del Russell, but I think obviously the key is, can she get uh, Macy to her back to get this one to the matchup? Next up, we got a men's flyweight matchup. We got Manel Cop taking on, what's that look for? Well, we did have this matchup, and Aaron Bronster just uh, tweeted that the Manel Cop first Sumer Deirji fight has been canceled. Cop had to withdraw for personal reasons, and that is disappointing because I know that we were both really looking forward to Manel Cop, and uh, man, I, I really like Manel Cop. Uh, I listened to a bunch of his interviews, and he was saying that he wanted to get um, you know either a first round submission win or a second round KO win. I liked him inside the distance as you did. And, uh, you know, Sumu Dereji is a dangerous striker, but this is going to screw up a lot for the slate because I, I really like getting to uh, Manel Kopp in my builds at 8,700. How about that? You just pulling out the breaking news. Look at you. You modern Twitter during the show. Well, I have to, I have to give credit to chat. Somebody mentioned it in chat and I confirmed it. And um, yeah. So whenever you see a reputable source, Aaron Bronster, you know, tweeting it, we know it's legit. Yeah, I just saw Mark Ramondi also uh, yeah, tweeted just saying, due to personal reasons. Yeah, that was actually that was actually one of my favorite places to slate. Anyone who, who watched yeah. our, our video over on the Odd Shopper channel, that was a uh, that was my money line play of the night. Yeah, that's disappointing. I'm and like, you know, I don't want to see anybody pull out of a fight. I was hoping that maybe like Sue was having a bad weight cut and they'd find a replacement, but it's too short a notice and Manel Cop having personal reasons, so it ain't happening. All right, let's move on to the next one then. Now we got a heavyweight matchup. Yeah. Alexander Romanov taking on Chase Sherman. Chase Sherman stepped up here just a couple of days notice for replacing Tanner Bozer here. Of course, Chase Sherman was essentially cut from the UFC. Gets a four fight new four fight deal where uh, he he's making good money to step up here. And I mean, look, if you're in the, the Sanford MMA camp here for Chase Sherman, the mindset has got to be is like, look, we know we're going to have to stop takedowns. We know we're going to have to keep this fight on the feet. And, and to me, if Romanoff is, if this is not a smash spot for Romanoff, to me, it tells me Chase Sherman is able to survive 10 minutes of just fury and he gets a, a worn down Romanoff in round three. Yeah, I'll tell you what, in the initial matchup, Romanoff, um, you know, going up against Tanner Bozer, I did have some slight interest and in, in thinking about Tanner Bozer's just style causing problems for uh, Romanov if he's, you know, unable to get him out of there early because I feel like a correct game plan for fighting Romanov is utilizing a lot of footwork and trying to be the matador to the bull and just hitting and moving and hitting and moving and somewhat outpointing. And I know it's like a, a, a not a cheap way to win, but uh, not the most exciting way to win. And I think that's definitely a way to, to try to beat Romanov is target him in the later rounds, not in the first, you know, round and a half. So uh, this is definitely a smash spot for, for Romanov. I don't trust his cardio and I don't trust his striking. Mm -hmm. So let's be clear with that. I, I think that Chase Sherman probably has the better skill set of striking, but I don't think that he has the more damaging shots. I think that even Romanov throwing high kicks and explosive movements, he could find the knockout and, you know, Chase Sherman got taken down pretty easily in his previous performance against Jake Collier. And then he just got completely obliterated. And, you know, Jake Collier, I think is a, is kind of like a dark horse. Like it's sneaky. It's like a sneaky uh, return to the, the division. And I think that Romanov can replicate that performance even better. So uh, I really like Romanov. He's like the Chimaev of the slate for me. I, you know, you guys know I've been back in Romanov for quite some time. 
uh, short notice chase Sherman doesn't necessarily favor him. Uh, I still want to see the, you know, the weigh-ins cause I want to see if Romanov comes in a little sluggish, accepting a fight relatively on short notice and then having his opponent falling out. So all with that being said, 9,600, definitely going to be a priority play for me. Yeah. I mean, look, when, when, you know, when I'm thinking about rostering Romanoff in this situation, Pete, I mean, look, I, I think in cash, it's going to be really hard to get away from him just because mm-hmm. of, you know, like, look, there, there's two fires on this card. I think in cash are really tough to get away from, you know, of course it comes to a roster construction situation since there are two most expensive fighters on the slate. But I mean, look, it, it should be a smash spot for yeah. Alexander Romanoff. It should be. But this is MMA, and and we've seen crazy things. And you know, to me, it just comes down to is, you know, what it, what does ownership look like as we get closer to Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're going to disagree on it, but I'm I'm going to save it for for uh, when the time comes. But there's a couple high end options that I like Romanov better than, and um, it all comes down to just performing in the cage. And like Chase Sherman coming from a strong camp, if he gets back to his feet. That's just points galore. Um, but I think that Romanov round one yeah. makes a ton of sense. Of course, this is the also MMA strategy shows we're getting you ready for. UFC Vegas number 52 which goes down on Saturday. Get access to all the great Osmo Plus tools and content for nearly every DFS sports out there with an Osmo Plus weekly pass for $29.95. This gives you full access to all the premium content tools on Osmo.com, including player projections, ownership projections lineup builder, and so much more. Of course, if you're just looking to play MMA DFS, you can sign up for an also plus MMA package. Those start as low as $295 weekly. I'll tell you, when it comes to our MMA package, that top fire tool is the go-to tool for me. And, of course, note that Fancy Cruncher is an add-on and can easily be added with these packages at checkout but are not included in our base packages. Stop guessing. Start winning. Join Awesome Plus today. And, uh, yeah, definitely uh, highly, highly recommend adding Fancy Cruncher, uh, especially uh, if you are going to play multi-entries as uh, that is something that I like to love for me it's about playing those 20 maxes and uh you know also playing uh you know in those multiplier contests or are some of my the big contests i want to get into is nice uh every morning waking up and uh from the nascar slate thinking i didn't cash at all and then i look at my phone the next morning i'm like whoa that's a nice little surprise <laughs> <What's Yeah. expecting? laughs> when you have one of your drivers wreck out you just you don't expect cash you just don't but mm. uh it kind of helps when you have some of the highest other scores a part of the slate let's move on to the next matchup it is a matchup between londo Veneta and charles jordan this is actually in terms of obviously we got a ton of fights over the next couple of days mm. um this is one of the more i think styles it could be one of the more fun fights uh, of the weekend uh Veneta and, and jordan jordan 8,500, Venata 7,700. And of course, if you watch the Odd Shopper video, you already kind of know way Pete views this one. Yeah. So, I mean, I was kind of surprised when I saw the odds, to be honest. Um, and uh, I, I think that I'm going to be taking a shot on Lando Venata. I, I really think that he has the striking skill set to compete on the feet, if not excel. Um, I do worry about him taking damage at times. I do think that Charles Jordan shells up and takes damage as well. And I feel like the difference maker in a matchup like this in the smaller cage could be the wrestling. And Lana Venata is definitely the exceptional wrestler and grappler in a situation like this. So 7,700, man, I, I really like Lana Venata. Um, it's not a fear, but I, I feel like this is going to go late. Uh, I don't necessarily foresee a finish occurring. It could happen. Um, they're both throwing, you know, with vicious intent, but I feel like they're pretty durable. Um, I think that Lana Venata 
could win a decision here. And uh, in doing so, could end up getting to career high takedowns uh, if he chooses to go in that well. Um, could have just a war on the feet. And this could, I'm hoping it makes it into the optimal lineup. I, I'm, I really like Lando Venata, and I'm going to take a shot in hopes that it does. So uh, 7,700, I just see fantasy points. Um, and I do see a hole in Charles Jordan's game still. I know that he's patching it. And I do think that the drop to, to featherweight for Lando Venata is going to uh, work wonders for him. Um, the performance against Mike Grundy, he he defended 17 takedowns, which is absolutely incredible. He landed the takedown. Um, I'm, I'm kind of expecting a performance where he attempts five takedowns, similar to the Bobby Green fight uh, back in 2017, and he landed four of them. So give me Lando Venata. I think that the, the value on him is crazy this week at 7,700. In, in terms of uh, it, those wrestling the potential of wrestling here for Lando Venata. He has only scored multiple takedowns in one UFC fight. That was against Bobby Green back in 2017. He scored four takedowns. Now he has multiple fights where he scored at least one takedown. And if you go over his, to his Tapology page, I don't know if you've noticed this on Lando mm -hmm. Venata, his uh, profile photo, he's wearing a shirt that says wrestling is life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I've trained with Lando and, and uh, you know, he's, always able to mix things up and regionally he was mixing things up. He just started to fall in love with his striking. It's because that he's just a, he's a fancy fighter. And uh, once you start knocking people out, it's very, very addicting, but yeah, he's only landed for, you know, in one fight, he's only landed multiple takedowns and that's that Bobby green fight that we speak of. But uh, following that he attempted four against your close and attempted five against Matt Frivola. And uh, if he floats anywhere within that range, he's taking Charles Jordan to take down city. Truthfully. I, I just truly believe that it's going to happen. And I think that he can outstrike Charles Jordan as well. He's a, he's a talented striker. So uh, I don't necessarily understand the line and I, I I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm getting to Lando at 7,700. Yeah. I mean, I, I think stylistically, this could be a really fun matchup. Uh, I'll tell you the other uh, fight that I think has a really fun matchup this weekend. Is Yancey Medeiros and Emmanuel Sanchez on Saturday night on the Bellator yeah, show? Um, that that's uh, like I almost feel like that's one of those fights, Pete, where like there's a nonverbal agreement between the fighters of we're just not going for a takedown, bro. We're standing mm -hmm. in the center of the cage and we're just going to throw down. Yeah, and we've seen that you know work against Yancey Medeiros in the past, but uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping for the best for him. But that's a I don't think it's a an easy fight by any means. No, I mean, well, the interesting thing is at 55. So Emmanuel Sanchez mm -hmm. coming up 255 pounds. One too. of the things that uh, I, I I talked to Medeiros, I thought was interesting. So he trains with Max Holloway um, in Hawaii. And he said uh, literally him and Max are the same exact weight. Yeah, Max is a monster. People don't realize Max is, <laughs> Max is a monster, dude. There, there was a time where like uh, he was doing interviews and while cutting weight and people thought that he had a stroke on, on air because like he was – so depleted so like there was a time in a talk where a move to 55 was imminent and uh you know then he was stepping up to possibly fight habib that's one of the fights i wish we had like it could have been just a, a one-sided beating for you know habib ragdolling him but that's one fight that i wish really occurred oh no question about it uh by the way uh sam appreciate you in the super chat we'll get to your super chat there uh once we get through breaking down all of these fights next up we've got a matchup uh in the catchweight matchup at i want to say it's at 190 pounds uh jordan wright and mark andre barrio jordan wright uh, a little a little bit of a reach advantage in this one i mean look jordan wright i think we know what we're going to get out of him if you're mark andre barrio it's about surviving you know 
at four minutes of fury at the beginning of the fight. Yeah. Um, this is a fight that I do think you have to prioritize in terms of GPPs just because of the high volatility of a finish coming in this one. Yeah. So, I mean, like if Jordan Wright wins, I would imagine he makes it into the optimal lineup because he, um, he knocks out Marc-Andre Barrio, but there is a, a situation where Marc-Andre Barrio just wins like a boring decision, um, like pinning him against the cage and just winning rounds similar to how he did against Dolce Lugambula. He scored 80 fantasy points in that performance. And, uh, you know, prior to the, the Chidi Injikawani fight, like his fights tend to go long. And his first three fights in the UFC were all decision losses. Um, he scored 29, 29, and 21. So um, I have interest in this fight. And as much as I like to pick on Jordan Wright, I'm still going to get to some of him because just of how now we just lost the fight with Manel Kopp and Sumer Deirdre. Um, and now you just have to get a little bit weird. And I think that if anybody represents some round one upside, it's Jordan Wright. But as far as like if... Marc-Andre Barrio had a full training camp and, you know, let's say that that previous fight didn't happen. I think everybody would be saying that Marc-Andre Barrio is one of the easiest plays on the slate. And uh, I think that his true skill set should shine through here, but we'll have to pay attention to the weigh-ins. I am picking Marc-Andre Barrio, but as far as like GPPs, you'd be a fool to not include Mm. Jordan Wright in your long shot pool. Uh, I don't think the kid's all that good. I think that he's very, very chinny, um, but offensively, he could somewhat replicate what Chidi and Jaquani did. Um, and, you know, he's dangerous. And he has that full Muay Thai type of striking arsenal that, that could put anybody out. So as much as I like picking on the kid, um, I'm going to lean towards Marc-Andre Barrio, but include them both. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's one of these things if Jordan Wright, you got, you know, if you're playing multi-entries, you got to take a flyer on him because if he does win, he'll be optimal. Because yeah. we just know the way his fighting style is. But I think for, for Mark Andre, who I do like to win this matchup, I think it's just about weathering that storm, grinding his way, and ultimately working his way to a decision. Next up, we got a matchup of uh, Grant and Sergey. Uh, of course, the big thing with Sergey, the fact that this is his first fight since November 9th, 2019, which was a decision loss against Rustam Kabilov. So it has been a long, long time since he's been inside the Otscon. And, of course, taking on Dwight Grant here, who is coming off a split decision loss back in October of last year against Francisco Trinaldo. Yeah, I mean, like, you can't hang your head at losing to Rustam Kabilov. I mean, he he's ragdolled so many opponents within the UFC, and, people that aren't too familiar with him i think that you know just seeing him coming off a loss and the layoff are going to make people not want to target him but sergey has actually been putting some time in over at extreme couture for this camp as well and i like seeing that when i went on the social media uh dwight grant interesting character hits really hard i think that he's more of a one-trick pony and he needs to land that that big one shot and it's primarily with his hands where i think that sergey kondoshko um, can mix things up with his kicks and his kicks might be the difference maker in a striking bout like this. Um, you know, Dwight Grant can land takedowns. He's landed three in the UFC, one in his debut against Zach Otto, one against Stefan Sekulich and one against Francisco Trinaldo. But for the majority of it, it's just like inaccurate shots. Like he threw 133 against Trinaldo, landed only 31 threw 155 at Sekulich landed only 49. I just feel like if this is a striking bout on the feet, Kondashko will probably have the superior edge. He has the more fights. Um, he has the experience. Um, I'm not necessarily like in love with him, with his promise within the division. I don't think that he's all that special, but 
I feel like he should do enough to win this bout, but um, 7,900, these high end up uh, underdogs tend to, you know, tend to be in close fights, but I I feel like Kandashko has got this one. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things that I kind of wonder about a low volume fight between these two guys and, and whether it's just not going to bring the type of fantasy score uh, that we would hope it would bring. Of course, this is the awesome MMA strategy shows. We're getting you ready for UFC Vegas number 52, and we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Get one free month of also plus platinum when you sign up, deposit, and play over at Prize Picks. Of course, be sure to use that promo code Osmo for instant first match deposit of up to $100. Of course, use all the prop prop tools that we have over at awesome.com to help you build those lineups over there at prize picks. And so Pete, when I would look at over at prize picks day in terms of this card on Saturday, there are two plays that really stuck out to me. First up fight time, Dean Barry, seven and a half fight minutes. I'm just going to take the under. I just don't think Mike Jackson survives for, for eight minutes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was doing a lot of tape study for for Dean Barry and uh, coming from a similar background that I have, a, a point karate background, um, you know, fights can get stretched out. I didn't like, necessarily like what I saw from Mike Jackson from like a striking defense type of situation in either one of his fights. Um, if he gets hit with a big shot, he doesn't necessarily respond all that well. But if it's on the feet, that's where he wants it. So I'm a little torn on it. I think that you're a little bit more bullish on Dean Barry to get a finish. I think that Dean Barry to win is, you know, it's, is almost like uh, a definite, but uh, as, as far as a finish at that price, at that time, seven and a half, I don't know. I, I might just, you know, defer to you. Um, uh, it's all about betting against Mike Jackson. Okay. okay. I, I, look, Mike, Mike's a nice guy. I just look, I don't think he should be uh, between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. He should be in the spot. Oh, I agree with you. I just feel like a, a patient karate guy can be in a point fight and be content with that. And everything that I saw from Dean Barry, it's a lot of, he's a liability on the mat, which if Mike Jackson does anything, I still don't think it's going to be enough. Um, Dean Barry is going to win the fight. It's just that time seven and a half. It's a little tricky to me. Takedowns Clay Guida one and a half. I like the over there. Yeah. I like the over there too, buddy. Just got yeah, I, mean, I just, I mean, look, you, you talk about all I need is two takedowns for the cash. Yeah. Give, give me the over. I, there's no way I think you can play the under in that one. I, I think you play the under in that one. You are going to be sweating that thing out. And Clay Guido might have that those two takedowns by the end of the first round. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't, like, if I was constructing a game plan, I wouldn't say, hey, let's go take them down. Because now you're running into guillotines, getting swept, mm-hmm. leading to grappling exchanges. And sometimes the the fighter who's who's better at scrambling ends up you know in a, in a dominant position and uh, I think that Chloe Guida is just too wise to get caught in some stuff 
So I would like a defensive wrestling with an occasional, you know, takedown implementation when he's tired. That's all. By the way, I just saw our guy Tower in, in the uh, chat talking about the Mike Tyson video. I saw that clip, Pete. Are people stupid? You're poking a bear, man. I mean, like, that dude's what, lucky what, what are, what are that's you doing? That dude's lucky that's all he got. Mike should have hit him out of the plane. Like, that guy uh, got off lucky. The first no, thing no, I no. was thinking is, why isn't Mike, like, in first class, like, by himself? That's, that's the first thing, like. No, uh, uh, the first thing is. The person who took the video, how much did he sell that video for? Probably nothing because he's dumb. Oh, no. No, look. I'm just saying, if you find yourself in those situations, you just don't hand the video to TMZ. You start going in negotiation mode. Oh, 100%. They're, they got money. Yes, they get a, They make a ton of money. Ton of money. Okay. I've heard about the amount of web clicks they get in an hour. Yeah. Bro, it's insane. It's absolutely yeah. insane. Uh, by the way, you know, we talked about how we haven't seen Sergey in a long time. Another guy we haven't seen in a long time, Tyson the Pedro. He returns. He takes on Ike Villanueva. Uh, Ike, kind of surprised that he's still in the UFC at this point. Um, I saw people in the chat talking about, you know, Ike mentioned an interview that he's bonus hunting. Yeah, um, he's been bonus but, hunting. Yeah. I mean, look, you, you know what Ike Villanueva is. I feel like this is a showcase fight. For Tyson Pedro, uh, it's a big number you got to pay here for Tyson Pedro. He's 9,300, 6,900 for Ike Villanueva. I mean, look, I, I think that Ike will come out swinging hard, but I, I think this is Tyson Pedro's fight to lose. Yeah, so the inactivity is always interesting. I listened to a bunch of interviews about Tyson Pedro overcoming a botch surgery and then having to basically have the surgery all over again. And, you know, dealing with a ton of adversity can make a lot of fighters just give up on their dreams, and Tyson Pedro didn't. And despite all the adversity, he, he persevered and, and he did the correct things to become healthy. And I know that he's been away from the cage for some bit since 2018 and dealing with the, the injuries and all that. But I'll tell you what, like Villanueva is like the lowest level light heavyweight on the roster. Um, and like, you need guys on the roster like this just to kind of get guys back on track and, you know, I think that Tyson Pedro represents a significant grappling edge if he chooses to go that well. Um, he can land takedowns. He hasn't had the best success at landing takedowns in the UFC, but he's also fought some legitimate competition. Uh, Ovin St. Pru, he attempted four takedowns, but like he has some sneaky submission skills. And in four of his six fights in the UFC, he's attempted a submission attempt. So like if a situation occurs where it's like a club and sub, he hurts villain away on the feet, mm -hmm. follows him to the mat. I'm pretty confident he's going to get him out of there one way or another. Uh, Tyson Pedro is my second favorite 9,000 option on the slate. I just like what I've seen. I like what I, what I heard in interviews. Um, I actually think that him getting a knockout against Ike Villanueva wouldn't be the craziest thing. One takedown into ground and pound, I think. And that's all she wrote. I mean, you talk about Ike Villanueva losing, uh, to Chase Sherman back in 2020 via KO, then to Jordan Wright by TKO, and now most recently two TKO losses to Pracnio and Negu Mariano. I mean, the writing's on the wall. Tyson Pedro should win this fight all day long. The only thing is if his his gas tank is just not up to par and he gasses himself out, but you can't really, you know, put weight into that. That would be like a small sprinkle for some of your lineups. So it's a Tyson Pedro smash spot, and I'm all about it at 9300. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is going to be an under one and a half rounds type fight. Either way, I just I don't see this fight lasting very long. You just wanted to 
just going to pull up here. What is the under one and a half here? Yeah, the under one and a half is minus 170. So I think it kind of tells you the way the sports books kind of see this one going. Um, yeah. You know, to me, it, it's all about Tyson Pedro uh, in, in terms of this is all about him. Um, and I would expect that uh, if he gets to win, this will be the last time we see Ike uh, in the UFC. I actually, you, know, you mentioned about one of your favorite 9,000 fighters. I, I thought a Rory Lang might be one of those, your favorite 9,000 fighters taking on the camera else here. 9,100 for Iori Lang and 7,100 for Cameron else. Yeah, I really like a reaching line here too. Um, at 9,100, I, I definitely think that he can um, go out there and have a showing and you, you're starting to see this wave of fighters coming from fight ready and dealing with high level training partners on a day-to-day basis, uh, training with the Korean zombie, Eddie Cha, like all these guys, like they got it all. They have sh- uh, significant wrestling classes, which is something that a lot of, you know, Asian fighters that have gone over to fight ready. That's what they're looking for is trying to round out their, their wrestling. Um, and just that, it, that camp in general, it's just like a, they got good cardio. They have good striking because of Eddie Cha, they got Cejudo and all the, you know, and like they, it's just a very, very strong gym. So I like a reaching line here at 9,100 Cameron else, um, going to be a big guy for the division, but I feel like he could actually get taken out of there. Um, he was pretty much dominated in the Kyler Phillips bout. Uh, he's bounced around from camp to camp, uh, you know, Vegas and, and working with Cowboy Cerrone and all that. So he hits really hard. And that would be like my only concern in a matchup like this against a Richie Lang is if he just hits him with the shot and ends up knocking him out. Um, Richie Lang, you know, losing to to uh, Cody Durden was largely due to getting taken down and controlled. I don't necessarily see that game plan for Cameron Ellis. I think that Cameron Ellis is going to want to stand and bang, uh, maybe look to to find a submission. But I think that Richie Lang is just going to go out here and put a stamp on this performance. And ninety one hundred, it looks like a really good spot to me, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're you're looking to pivot off some of the other nine thousand options, I think he's one of those options to put out there. You know, speaking of that fight ready team, uh, Eric Albertian is another one. He's yeah. the he's you know ba- he was he's been with Henry Cejudo the longest. Uh, him and Henry worked together back in, in the Olympic Training Center, um, and just kind of give you an idea that fight ready team with with Eric Albertian, they were the team that helped put together that game plan for Patricio Pitbull to beat AJ McKee in the rematch. I mean, it's, it's a super talented team there. What are you shaking your head for? No, you're right. I, I'm just shaking my head because I put money on the guy who just won a million dollars and then just got too comfortable. And I was, telling oh, oh, my- oh, you mean when, uh, you know, when his father tells him he's up four Oh, and I think everyone watching that went. Yeah. I mean, what fight I, was is he watching? To, I was talking to Bree last <laughs> night cause we were watching PFL and I had a great night, you know, you know, betting on PFL. It's just like sometimes betting on fighters who have won a large amount of money, especially for PFL, like the million dollar contracts. And like, uh, I don't know, man, it's just that hunger. They already got money. Sometimes it's good to take a shot in the dog in a, in a, in a spot like that, where they're really trying to, to grind to the top. You know, you get fed, you get a fat belly, you're good. And uh, sometimes people take their foot off the gas pedal. And perhaps that was a reason behind the, the McKee performance. But I thought he looked awful. Oh, so you found a way to play a PFL? I did. Yes, I did. I sure did. And thankfully, it came through. So, uh, well, I know um, one sports book that wasn't offered them. Yeah, it was offered on DraftKings, surprisingly. So, yeah, DraftKings was the only, DraftKings was the only, uh, notable one I saw offering. Um, there was, uh, FanDuel support, uh, put out a tweet that, uh, basically said that due to state regulations, they weren't offering and which is clearly, Clearly has to do with what happened earlier this month with the Take yeah. Daily Show and um, 
them just not letting sports books know, hey, FYI, uh, this is a tape delay show. Yeah. That, I mean, that's kind of goes with this such a stupid thing to even occur. I cannot believe that happened. But last night's PFL was great. Antonio Carlos Jr. looked amazing. Him in round one came through really, really easy. I think it was like a 30 second finish. Um, Hausch Monfio actually ended up coming through for me, but he dropped the first two frames yeah. and then bailed himself out with a third round knockout, which, you know, I wasn't complaining because I've had that happen to me plenty of times where I would be a Don matchbacker or something like that. And then lose in the final frame. Um, but I'll tell you that the Natan Schultz, Olivier, Aube, Mercier fight, um, that was, that was a, a, a case where you have OAM just going out there and executing a great game plan against a guy who's, you know, won a ton in PFL. You know, the crazy stat following last night's PFL is mm. Jeremy Stevens is winless in his Bro. last seven fights. <sighs> it, me, exciting, exciting fire mistake. to watch. That was exciting. my only mistake on the card, yeah. Jason, last night. So I saw he's an exciting car fighter like that. And like you say, it's crazy that he's winless. I saw that, you know, Clay Collard had just been knocked out in the past, like what, a month or two, whatever. And then I, I'm like, oh, man, I can target Steven's round props. That was my only mistake yesterday. And uh, let me tell you, Clay Collard put on a clinic, a head strike, body strike combinations, just boxing clinic last night. He looked good. You could see. If you didn't know anything about either one of those guys, and I sat there and said, who do you think has, has had pro boxing matchups? Yeah, you would, you would be able to point out that was Clay Collard. 100%. I mean, uh, we have seen Steven susceptible to body shots in the past, and uh, I don't know. I just I kind of put too much weight in the fact that Collard just got knocked out recently. And I'm like, if he takes a shot with little gloves from Stevens, come on. But, uh, you know, man, Stevens looked bad. Yeah, hasn't won a fight since 2018. Sad. I mean, that's just it's it's one of those things of the UFC I was, knew, I guess, right? The UFC knew I, they they got rid of him. I was sitting here in the office editing my show, and and I had the fights on, and then I just I pulled up Jeremy Stevens' Wikipedia, and I was like, holy crap! Like mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. I sat there and said, oh my god, I couldn't believe it. You know, yeah, just couldn't believe it. Um, but uh, let's move on to the next matchup. It's actually a matchup that came together. Uh, over the past uh, 24 hours or so, uh, Luis Koske uh, removed from this fight card due to uh, uh, COVID reasons. And Preston Parsons now going to take on Evan Elder. Uh, for those who are not familiar, and by the way, DraftKings has put price out on this one, 8,100 on both sides of the equation here. Um, so I think that uh, go ahead and circle this fight, circle this fight, circle this fight, because, uh, you know, because of price points in terms of this one. So Evan Elder, undefeated prospect out of the Midwest team, primarily has fought for Shamrock FC. He was going to be uh, fighting for a title in the main event of the FAC show coming up on May the 6th. That is James Krause's promotion. Trains down um, at at um, at Sanford MMA. Um, I know one of the guys that he trains with on the regular, Garrett Armfield. I'm actually talking to Garrett uh, tomorrow. Um, they have been basically trained side-by-side together to get ready for their upcoming matchups. Uh, now, the one thing about this is this is at 170. Evan Elder is a 55-er. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, I didn't realize that we had pricing for that and that makes a ton of sense. Now in a week where that 8,200, 8,000 fight is somewhat of a dud, this pivot, the natural pivot could be to this 8,100, 8,100 fight between Preston Parsons and Evan Elder, because I both, I think that they're both pretty talented, to be honest, Preston Parsons didn't necessarily look good in his debut, but that was against, you know, a very, very dangerous opponent. 
you know, and uh, Daniel Rodriguez is no joke. I think that he hits really hard. He has good, you know, defensive grappling and very good submission skills. So uh, I'll tell you that Preston Parsons was kind of screwed anywhere that he wanted the fight to go because he was outstruck on the feet and followed up to the ground and, and TKO'd in round one. Now, um, Preston Parsons blends his striking into his takedowns really, really well. It's actually quite impressive because it's not the easiest thing to do. And whenever you see a fighter that can do that, blending the hands into the takedowns and, you know, just confusing their opposition, it's, you know, it's interesting because we have seen Evan Elder on the regional scene get taken down and out scrambled in some situations. But, you know, he's 7-0, and he's undefeated. But with an undefeated record means that you haven't necessarily either been amazing and like you're a crazy prospect or you've been somewhat hand-fed matchups and haven't had to deal with so much adversity. And I think that the, the truth lies somewhere in the middle between that because I think that Elvin Elder is pretty skilled and surrounded at, with so much talent at Sanford MMA. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm going to be split on this pick, and because it's a last you know, last minute decision, a last minute fight from both guys. It's tough to really get a, a, a confident read on either one, but I will be leaning with Preston Parsons from what I have seen. I've seen a little bit more from him and putting together all skills. I think that he might be the better grappler in a situation like this, but uh, 8,100, 8,100, you'd be a fool to X out either one of these fighters, to be honest. If you tell me this fight plays out on the feet, I like Evan Elder. If you okay. tell me that Preston Parsons can can mix can can be yeah. the better martial artist and blend everything together that do things Preston Parsons, but this is one of those fights because of the price point. I just think it's going to be a very tough fight to avoid, whether we're talking GPPs or cash. Yeah, I can't wait to construct lineups now that we have that uh, those salaries because I feel like I'm just naturally going to get to a ton of it, and um, we'll have to see how ownership plays out. But uh, I, I think that this is going to be a, a fantasy darling type of matchup. Of course, uh, as always, after the fights are over, Pete and I, we love to see those winning lions. We want to see you go into the Osmo Hall of Fame this week. Of course, what you need to be doing is rocking that Osmo avatar on your DFS profile. You can get that over at Osmo.com slash avatar. Tweet your wins at Osmo H-O-F. And, of course, when you place in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants, you'll win a free month of Osmo plus platinum. Only one free month can be awarded to a user per calendar year congratulations there to cody taking down ten thousand dollars in an mlb contest finished in second place over there on FanDuel. also a uh, tito taking down first place winning sixty two thousand dollars kudos to you um, put some of that money away because uh tax man is going to come calling uh next year for you mt congratulations to you winning thirty seven hundred thirty seven hundred dollars over there playing a little NBA playoff on DraftKings. Also, uh, congratulations to Chad with a winning $450. Also, uh, congratulations, Rich, for taking down a contest, finishing in second place, winning $40,000. So kudos to you with what you're able to do over there. And, of course, as always, we love to see those winning lineups over here at Osmo.com. We want to see you go into the Osmo Hall of Fame. Next up, we've got a matchup between Marcin Pracnio and Philippe Leans, 8,400 for Pracnio, 7,800 for Philippe Leans. Yeah, and I feel like this fight might be uh, might be an optimal fight, to be honest. I, I think that there's volatility surrounding both fighters. 
Um, Marcin Pracniel has looked better of late where he's on back-to-back wins. Uh, a win over Khalil Roundtree has really just uh, is, has aged well, um, even though it was back in 21. Um, and then just getting a, a nice body kick KO, TKO over uh, Ike Villanueva back uh, in, tw- in uh, June of 2021. Now, if you're just looking at box scores and you're just looking at results, prior to that, Pracniel had lost via KO to Sam Alvey, Magomed Ankalaev, and Mike Rodriguez. And I'll tell you what, his, his chin is super suspect. But Philippe Linz is one of the most disappointing signings that the UFC has had because you're talking about a former PFL winner, a guy who got paid, a guy that maybe got too comfortable, lost a decision to Andre Arlovsky where he was largely just outstruck and just outmaneuvered. And Arlovsky, you know, just, just looked good. I mean, Arlovsky did what he has been doing lately. And uh, losing to Tanner Bozer via KO, TKO is extremely concerning because you're talking about a guy in Bozer who wasn't known for finding finishes. He went through a, a, a tiny stretch where he was finding finishes, but uh, Philippe Linz, his Achilles heel has always been getting knocked out and getting hit with big shots and finished throughout his career. So this is a very volatile fight. And with all that being said, I went back and I watched a ton of tape, as I always do. And that Ike Villanueva, I mean, if you just look at the box score and you see the result, you think that he probably just pieced up Ike Villanueva. Villanueva put him on his back foot and was landing hard boxing combinations, hurting him with every exchange, hurting him with every exchange where Pracnio was covering up and shelling up. And then there was a situation where Pracnio threw a kick. And then, you know, if Villanueva had a little bit more time, they could have been a very, very bad spot for him. So with all that being said, I know that Philippe Linz is winless within his UFC tenure so far. I don't trust his chin. I don't trust Pracnio's either, but I, I'm looking for an underdog to come through. I think that Philippe Linz has the more damaging shots. And if Villanueva is hurting you on the feet with his boxing combinations, Philippe Linz hits a lot harder. And I think that he has, you know, wrestling and jujitsu in his back pocket. If say he's been working with Steve, Steve Mako at American top team saying, Hey, well, let's just go out and get a safe win. Let's just take Pracnio down to the mat. That would be the easiest path to victory. So Philippe Linz is going to be another underdog that I'm getting to in addition to Lando Bonata. Um, so, yeah, I'm picking Linz. I don't know how the public feels, but I like Linz this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, one of the things of, uh, you know, he, I love what you mentioned there. I mean, he has been a disappointment since coming yeah. into the UFC. Uh, so we'll see how it goes there. Now, the opening fight of the night is a fight we've already kind of uh, you know teased a little bit. Dean Barry and Mike Jackson. Dean Barry, 9,500. Mike Jackson, 6,700. Uh, Dean Barry coming off a fight where, let's just say, he was a very much in a showcase matchup mm-hmm. uh, back in December of last year against Drew Lipton, which uh, is a name that I'm very familiar with because I've had regional matchmakers basically say, he doesn't have as many fights as a guy that you would know the name of, of Jay Ellis. Oh my God. Jay Ellis will fight anytime, anywhere. You tell him where he needs to be, he's there. And if you follow MMA regional scene, you know uh, Jay Ellis's record, not very good. Mm. Drew Lipton, same, same type of equation, 6-31 and 31 in his MMA career. Not even on the Jay Ellis comparison. Jay Ellis got nearly 200 fights or something silly like that. I mean, my goodness. Um, Jay Ellis just fought like two weeks ago. This guy, I'm I'm amazed this guy continues to get approved for fights. By the way, for people who are not aware, Jay Ellis, he has 16 pro wins, 105 losses. That's a lot of fights, man. That's a lot of fights. And guess what? Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. <laughs> so uh 
there's a uh, one of his fights where he just won not too not too far for Carlo Almeida back in yeah, uh, November. Big upset, big upset, huge big upset. upset. Yeah, let's just say that night there might have been a group text going around between people that oh, I, I talk 100%, with on the regular. Percent, one hundred percent. So I mean, like you know, Dean Barry. I don't. I don't necessarily think that this kid's all that special. If we you want my honest assessment, I don't think that he's all that special, but I don't think that he needs to be because Mike Jackson, I don't think he's a good fighter. I don't think that he's a UFC caliber fighter um, in striking exchanges against CM Punk. You saw Mike Jackson's ridiculous sentence to say, right? Like in a fight against CM Punk, it actually happened. I can't believe it. But Mike Jackson had the better striking in a situation like that. His hands aren't all that bad. It's a striking defense. That's pretty terrible. Um, his grappling and his wrestling is terrible as well, but guess what? Dean Barry doesn't have wrestling or grappling. At least I haven't seen it because he's been taken to the mat and his back has been taken in multiple fights. Obviously that he's a stand-up world champion. I see a point fighter though, Jason, and with a point fighter priced at 9,500, if he only lands a couple strikes in route to a finish, you could see a low a low score for that price. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you could see just a bare bones hundred, a little bit closer to hundred points. Uh, I think that there's some other 9,000 options that have just so much potential. I think that the line is correct. Minus 1200. Mm-hmm. He's a safe win. Like he's going to win, but I don't know about DFS. I'm going to just, you know, take more Romanov and I'll take more Tyson Pedro. Um, but Dean Barry is a, he's facing the worst fighter on this entire slate. Oh, no, no question about it. So let's get into our straight up picks. These are not DFS related main event. I will go Jessica Andrage. Yeah, Andrage. Uh, co-main event, uh, Clay Guida and Claudio Puelas. I'm going to go Claudio. Okay, I'm going to go Clay. Don't feel good. Don't feel good about it, though. Okay. Uh, Macy Barber against Montana Del Rosa. I will go Macy Barber. Macy. Uh, I don't even think I have to ask you. Uh, Romanoff over Sherman. Uh, I don't even have to ask you because I already know the answer to this one. Lando Veneta. Yes. Uh, I will go Mark Andre Barriott against Jordan Wright. Same. Don't feel good about it, though. Uh, give me Sergey against Grant. Yeah, Sergey. Uh, Tyson Pedro against Villanueva. Yep. Uh, I, I, I like uh, I like Lang against Else. Same. Uh, I will go Evan Elder. Okay, I'm going Preston Parsons. Uh, I'll go Philippe Leans in a little bit of an upset there. Yeah, let's go Leans. And then Dean Barry, no question. Dean Barry. Uh, Samuel, appreciate you in the super chat with his uh, usual questions here. Top two cash. Top two cash, Romanoff. Um, and then I would probably say Dean Barry just because he's fighting a horrible fighter. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think, I, I think you got to put Tyson Pedro in that mix too. I would, but I, I would say like if cash, you just want yeah. safety, like Villanueva upset would shock me less. Mm-hmm. Than a Dean Barry losing, you know what I mean? Top two GPPs. Uh, I gotta put Romanoff up there just because of the takedown ability. Yeah, I really like Romanoff. Um, I think that he's in like a league of his own for this card. I really like Tyson Pedro though too. Yeah. Uh, in terms of underdogs uh, to look at here, champions. Uh, in terms of underdogs, um, you know, I I want to have Man Lamos will be my underdog pool. 
just because yeah. of you know her ability to potentially finish the fight. Um, but it, does, it would concern me if the fight gets out of the second round. Um, other underdogs, Lando Veneta. I think you got to throw Jordan Wright in that underdog, even though I do like Mark Andre Barriot, just because of a potential first round uh, finishing ability there. Yeah. So for me, the underdogs, I agree with you. Lamos needs to have you know some consideration, but it's Lando Venata number one for me, and uh, Philippe Leans uh, pulling off the upset number two. Favorite inside the distance. Um, the fights I like to kind of finish inside def- distance. Uh, Romanov Sherman. Yep. Um, Pedro Villanueva. Yep. Uh, Barry Jackson would be the my top ones. I think the Arici Lang and Cameron Else one's interesting too. I, I mean, it's just they could be reckless. Uh, in terms of uh, potential top leverage spots to look at uh, here this week. Um, I would look at probably someone. Um, I hate to say it, man. Maybe, maybe it is a co-main event. That could be a leverage spot this week. Yeah, I, mean, so I, 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 I don't love the fight for GPPs, but if Clay is able to get the takedowns, he could rack up a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, I like Clay. I just think that that's like a you're you're playing with fire right there. You got to be very very mindful. Yeah, I mean, look, we'll we'll see what the Romanoff um, ownership ends up being. I mean. The thing with Romanoff this week is really it's more about roster construction more than anything else. Um, in terms of uh, fades, um, Mike Jackson. <laughs> wow, you were going out on a limb. Man. Hey. hey, I'm just calling it how I see it, bro. Hey, I mean, did not say it. Um, I would say the Barber Della Rosa would be a fade fight for me. I won't fade it. I'll get. I'll be slightly underweight to it. Um, that's fair, though. I think that the next one that's a little weird to me is that Sergey Kondoshko and Dwight Grant fight. Like, mm-hmm. it could just be a back-and-forth, methodical type of striking affair, and we see that. They don't score the best for DFS. Uh, top optimal plays, uh, Romanoff, Pedro, and then I would say the winner of Elder Parsons. I think it's hard if that fight ends in stoppage for it not to not be optimal. Yeah, I'm looking at Cruncher right now, and I don't see that. So that's a good good point that you that you uh, brought that up. Uh, over under eight and a half, uh, Samuel. I will go under. I'm going under. I say I'm saying like seven. This main card, outside of Romanoff and Sherman, I potentially see a lot of decisions. Yeah, this one of those cards you look at, I could really see a lot of decisions coming. Prelims could be a different story. Yeah. Main card. I think the main card's got a lot of decisions written all over it. Yeah. I'm with you. Of course, I've, uh, let me just kind of uh, fly through. So if there's any other questions before we get out of here on this edition, of course, uh, uh, I will not be here on Saturday as I've got another uh, obligation to, to take care of on Saturday. Uh, so Pete will be here on Saturday. I'm not maybe, sure. What, since, maybe I since, will. Maybe I will. I'll, maybe I won't. Since uh, I'm not since I'm not on the show, I have no idea what time the show yeah. time is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, but regardless, we'll be here to break it down for you on Saturday. And, uh, by uh, the way, uh, mentioned uh, of course uh, we're sponsored by Price Picks, and uh, Tyra let me know that uh, if you go five five for five picks on Price Picks are twenty times if placed today, which is typically not ten times. They play all across all sports platforms, so be sure to check out over there at Price Picks. Of course, uh, if you sign up over there, Price Picks use that promo code Awesomeo for instant first match deposit of up to one hundred dollars, and you'll get a free month of also plus platinum 
Uh, when you sign up, deposit, and play over at Prize Picks, you get an email within 24 to 48 hours on how you can redeem your free month of Awesome Plus Platinum. So that is going to do it for this edition of the Also MMA Strategy Show. I'll be back on Sunday for the NASCAR stra- uh, NASCAR Live Before Lock. And of course, myself, I'll be back here next week to get you ready for the Rob Font Cheeto Vera Fight Night card, which is next week. And the whole reason I actually know what the main event is is because I see the New England Cartel is already in Las Vegas at the PI. So that's how I know that fight is next week. So that, that is going to do it. Of course, uh, as the show ends, appreciate hit that thumbs up and uh, i will talk to you next week here on the strategy show have a good day everybody with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.